It's a huge weekend at Santa Anita. First post time on Saturday is noon. On Sunday, it's going to be 1230. Highlights on Saturday include a handicapping contest, part of the first tour challenge. You can compete on site to win entries into the ultimate betting challenge on March 4th, and you can get cash as well. That's a $1,500 event. Also, each day this weekend, there are coast-to-coast pick fives, five of the best races from Santa Anita and Gulfstream. That's what we're going to be talking about on this show every Saturday and Sunday. $1 minimum, player-friendly, 15% takeout. The Pick'em Contest continues. Popular sports props, including horse racing and football, offered every Saturday and Sunday. I guess no football this weekend. I don't know. Maybe they're doing something for the Pro Bowl. $500 in prize money to the top winner each day. The Showviver Contest, a free online game. Get more information about all these games at santanita.com slash contest. And remember, Sunday, mandatory payout in the Pick 6. We're going to have a special show for that as well. To learn more, go to Anita. Hello and welcome to our first racing coast to coast show for Saturday, February 4th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, coming to you from the Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn bunker. Once again, it's cold down here, people. It is colder than it's been all winter here in New York, which means, oh no, I think he's on the road. I was going to say if he was up in Saratoga Springs, he'd really be uh, chilly, but I don't know. Down where he is now, there's sometimes crazy weather at this time of year. Hopefully he's all right. We're going to get the update from him. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? And how is the weather down there? It's funny you mentioned that. So we've gotten a report that it is negative 12. Uh, if you look at your phone in Saratoga today, you open up your phone about an hour ago, it said negative 12. So Austin, the, the, the human, had school canceled three times this week because of the ice storm in central Texas. And as we arrived last night, um, we, we arrived to no power. Oh, so then we had to sprint to a hotel, luckily got a room because a lot of people, you know, I think at one point, 250,000 people in central Texas didn't have power. Now, this is not for the same reason when Ding Dong Abbott was involved (laughs) last time. This was actually because there's ice on trees that have broken off and hit a lot of power lines. This is not a Texas power grid situation like in 2021. Um. But yeah, so I, I escaped the, the the minus twelve of Saratoga to come back to a powerless situation here, and uh, and now I'm I'm I am in Austin, Texas, trying to avoid the bingo square of dodgy hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> we had some of that last night. I was a guest on uh, Howard Kravitz's show, and we were de- we were dealing some of that with, uh, with 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 Paul, who was at a hotel in Florida. See, that's the sensible man. I'm sitting here in New York. It's freezing. You're there dealing with ice storms, or really freezing. He's in in Florida. Clearly, clearly the right way to go. But I'm glad you guys are okay. That's actually scary stuff, and it's very fortunate. I think you were able to to find yourself a room. But knowing you dealing with all these things, it's it's not going to stop you from playing a few horses this weekend, is it? No, I mean no. The, the, the legislature of the legislature of Texas would struggle in that arena. <laughs> to, to st- 
to stop me from rock and roll as 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 they say Oh my God! It's uh, it's been a little bit of an adventure with our friends at Sam Houston. Thought we were going to get to bet on them today, but not so fast. We'll see uh, what happens in the coming days. Really would love to get Texas Racing back online and get them in uh, our portfolio. I miss talking Texas Racing with you and uh, Nick Tamaro and Jessica Paquette and then the crew that we had going last year. We'll see. Hopefully that can happen eventually. But today we are here to talk about the first racing coast to coast. Pick five. Are you your preferred ADW? Is it one of the ones that uses the brilliant acronym for this bet? Yeah, isn't it C2C? C2C. It's so perfect, right? I mean, did they do that on purpose or is it just a happy, happy accident? Well, I, I think that it's 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 an actual, if I'm not mistaken, you know, as someone who's done some file uploading, um, in order to do that, there is usually a, a code for a lot of the racetracks. Um, I don't know if it varies from ADW. I don't think it does, but like Santa Anita is S-A-D. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Saratoga, if I'm not mistaken, is like S-T-D, which is, but, I think no, I remember that because it threw very me off a little bit. Yeah, for um, sure. And like G- Gulfstream is like G-P-M. So, it, and I, I think that might be depending on which ADW you use to do a file upload, if I'm not sure, but C-T-C, or, you know, it, it does make sense. C-2-C, yeah. excuse me, makes sense. And I do like it very much. All right, this is a pretty cool sequence on Saturday. I think there's some interesting things. We're going to get to start off with some stakes action in Gulfstream's 10th race. It's the forward gal for these three-year-old fillies going seven furlongs, a race that uh, has yielded some really interesting starters in the last few years, has that potential once again this year. But in terms of this pick five, JK, how do you want to light this candle? Yeah, these are the fun races, right? These are the races that could be stepping stones for Kentucky Oaks types. But they also could be, uh, you know, kind of the uh, the, the pre stories, um, the prequels to, uh, you know, races like the Test and the Acorn that we love so much. So um, they're always a lot of fun. I, I thought this was a tough race. A majority of this sequence is going to be spreads for me because I do have one single that I do like very much in the sequence. I, I thought the three atomically you kind of had to use for Todd. It's Todd at South Florida. It's dirt racing. These Gervins have been running well. Uh, this filly showed enough talent to, to show up in the Breeders' Cup for Todd. I think she's got a little bit of ability. Maybe shorter might be better for her. And then I thought you needed to use a couple of other ones. A seven undervalued asset who wasn't particularly fast like last time for Chad, but feels like she'll continue to improve. The pace wasn't very fast either. So I wonder if that Im- impacted the final figure. Red carpet ready, the eight I need to have for Rusty Arnold and, and our friends at Ashbrook Farm, Bo Bromagen. Um, hasn't run since last year, but is undefeated. And, and when a horse wins first time out for Rusty, who is 8% in his career with first-time starters, he's had 614 first-time starters, and he's only won with 8% of those. If they win first time out, there is a sign of exceptional talent because they're breaking through. I don't want to call it a bad stat because I don't think he's trying to win first time out. Right. I'll call it a stat that doesn't lead a low stat, a low stat is what I'll call it. And I think that works. And then the nine, uh, uh, Positano sunset, which is kind of funny. Punch play for you with your upcoming yeah, yeah. nuptials. Being yeah. Getting, getting married in, in, in Amalfi. Another one that, that has some talent and looks like an Ian Wilkes type, right? Where they show up, they took a little bit of money. They ran. Okay. They came back. They ran better. They came back again. They ran even better those progressive types, those steps forward. I, I need to have all four of these in here for various reasons. Using them pr- fairly equally. 
Yeah, because they're going to bet Todd and Chad. And I don't, we've talked about this before when it comes to, to, to trying to be an, trying to be efficient, they're going to bet Todd and Chad, but I don't like, I don't love Todd and Chad. So I actually want Todd and Chad equally to the other two horses that do present more value in a normal situation. If I loved one of the Todd's or I loved one of the Chad's or I loved both of them, then I would want to have more on them and less on the kind of hopeful long shots. But I do think that there is real value to be had on Red Carpet Ready and uh, Pusatano Sunset. I get it. Pusatano Sunset's interesting. This is it's like an example straight out of uh, Mike Maloney's book, Betting with an Edge. He called it the stair step pattern. And Wilkes, I think, was actually the trainer he used as the example of the kind of trainer who just gets them going and they just keep getting incrementally better. And you don't really know when that improvement is going to stop. Very different than a lot of trainers who bring them to the races close to fully formed. And of course, they'll still improve with time and their racing. But the, those gaps for potential improvement much more when you're dealing with a trainer like Wilkes. I did have uh, Positano Sunset as a backup. I really like Red Carpet Ready in this spot. I just felt like she's been dazzling in both starts. Both of them, I thought, had a fast, fast race shape, meaning the the time to the post, uh, the time to the to the call. Um, what word am I looking for? The uh, this is terrible. My brain is is a little um, frozen here in Brooklyn with what's going on. But basically, the time halfway through the race, fast. And, the, and it ends up fast as well. I think the distance is going to be within her reach. And I think she's got options in terms of the trip. Could lead, could stalk and pounce, and, you know, has the right post for that. And just the, point, uh, the point that you made, I expect these rusty Arnold runners to keep improving, add in some figure improvement for age, and she's got something in hand against this group. I guess the downside would be, could this just be a prep for bigger things down the road? It might be, and that's why I don't want to be stone cold. And then, you know, I'm just giving the same horses you gave, basically undervalued asset, the seven, I think is really interesting if she's not hammered. The form of that debut race is not working out that well, but it was just the manner in which she did it, right? She looked kind of green. She still won under wraps and that work that uh, she's got to work in that recent sequence that just jumped out to me as one that could be ready to leap forward. So I'm going to try to mess around with the eight, seven and nine. Maybe I'll work atomically in there uh, as a backup as well, depending on how these tickets shake out. But that's how we're going to get things started with the 10th race at Gulfstream pace call. That's the word I was looking for pace call, but we're going to boogie um, to the other. We, we, we started with one C we'll go to the other C for race number four at Santa Anita. This is the grade three megahertz for four and up Phillies. And we are going one mile on the turf. I was going to put Bay Storm on top in here. The one runner looks very strong, looks fairly obvious. East Coast turf form, shipping west, second time off the layoff. Maybe it was just a little bit too fresh last time off the pine. Sometimes you'll see that they run inefficiently. They're a little keyed up. But this is a runner who settled before and should get a good lead into the race from uh, the runaway type runner to her outside. Um, big races to run back to in a barn in good form. I did want to also include Hamwood Flyer, the two-runner who set that wild pace in the Matriarch. A, a subtly important class drop. Maybe it's not even subtle, but when they go from the grade one to the grade three, that can sometimes be more significant than the market realizes. I just wanted to keep on side in case the speed was holding. Um, and those were the two I wanted here. Very curious to get your read, JK. Well, this is tricky because in a normal situation, I would love a horse like the one Bay Storm, and I would also love a horse like the two Hamwood Flyer. The problem is, is that they they both have their their weapons. I I'm I'm afraid might cancel each other out. But 
this is North American racing uh, in 2023. Uh, there's a strong possibility that Johnny might grab or that Juan Hernandez might grab. Now, I will say this a little backstory. Um, I believe on December 4th at Del Mar, I think that was closing day at Del Mar. And day they had before a, had closing day. Day before. Okay. So the, I, I was playing something. I, I don't remember what I was, what I was doing, but I actually took advantage of like reaching out to Mike Smith to ask him, are you going to let this horse roll in the ra-? Like, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> because I, I thought that she could get loose, but, but I, and, and, but I thought that if she, that was the only way she was going to beat Regal glory. And it was, it was a very fun conversation to have with Mike. One that I can't wait to elaborate on when I have him on JK plus one. But he was just telling me, he's like, no, I'm going to let her absolutely roll. And he's one of the main riders that taught me that like they that, that that's the way to ride speed horses is don't grab them, let them roll. And you'll see in all the races that Mike rode her, he let her open up by eight, let her open up by five, let her roll. So we'll see what Juan Hernandez does. If he gets in her mouth and grabs her, she's beat. I can't predict that he's going to do that. The other problem is, is are they going to hook up with Baystorm? The bottom line is, is in this wager, where this race falls, I have to spread in here because I cannot predict what's going to happen. I want to have both of them. I want to have Baystorm. I want to have a, a Hamwood Flyer. And then I have to play for the race to fall apart. I have to play for them to kind of get hooked up and to set it up for someone else. I, I like the six school, uh, school dance. And, and also, uh, I need to identify one more closer. I feel like the six school dance where he's drawn will take back. Doesn't have to go to the front. And I think the other one that I wanted was Oakhurst. Um, spent a lot of the early part of the career with Chad. So, you know, if you're with Chad, you're in Chad's barn. One of the first things I think a lot of his turf horses loan, learn to do is to shut off and listen to the rider. That's how he trains them. That's why they are always in the bridle at the wire together and their breezes. They, they're, they're, they're taught to sit into the bridle and to listen to their rider which makes me feel with Flavian aboard, he'll take back and make one run into the speed of these other horses. So those are the four that I'm going to use in here because I, 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 if someone tells you they know how this race is going to be, is going to unfold from a pace standpoint, they're lying. <laughs> it's tricky. I just feel like with Johnny and the fact that while last time Bay Storm was a runaway, previously she had sat and pounced or made the lead through slower fractions and still finished I think she's going to be okay, but I mean, I take your point, J.K., that there there is a world in which they get they get hooked up. In terms of A's and B's, is it the speeds as A's, the closers as B's, or is this another just dead spread equal? No, I mean it, it's got to be. Look, I, I I promise you there'll be other moments where I'll tell you there will be kind of some some spready situations. The horses I like the most are the speed types, but I can't predict what's going to happen from a pace standpoint. I think they're the best. So in this situation, I'm going to just take what they give me. Because uh, mm-hmm. the moment I try to press up Hamwood Flyer, she's going to get hooked by, Dame, uh, by Baystorm, and they're going, to, they're going to both run up the track. The time that I try to play for it to fall apart and I try to press Oakhurst or School Dance, uh, one of them's going to get dead loose and wire. I, it's, it's, it's literally a coin flip to me and what's going to happen in the situation. So I've got no problem um, using them all equally. I should have mentioned earlier that the sequence is meant to start at 417 Eastern with the forward gal. The next race we're going to be talking about is race number 11 at Gulfstream, a 501. We've got the Swedish chant, three-year-old fillies going a mile and a 16th on the turf. And JK, we'll keep it with you. Uh, this is another one that does not contain uh, my single. Um, 
I thought about I thought about the idea of singling the seven Cairo consort, which I believe the first cross country or coast to coast that we did. Yeah, uh, this horse started the sequence. We all singled. She won um, at, at one to two, but man, it was it was kind of a desperate one to two. <laughs> Life and, and death, I would say. And the problem is, is, is when you, I think we all singled her because we thought, what an upgrade, no offense to the previous trainer, but what an upgrade moving to a Hall of Famer and, and someone who will go down and will, will be an, a, a bar argument that he was one of the greatest trainers of all time. And someone in a bar 15 years from now will have a legitimate argument that Todd was one of the greatest trainers of all time. So I think we all thought this horse was going to take a step forward, but from a speed figure standpoint, that didn't really happen. Now, the pace wasn't particularly slow. So why did that happen? And and that's a little bit of a concern to me. I just can't lean on Cairo Consort because of that situation. Um, I had this one, one, five, seven, eight. I wanted to make sure I had the one sweet lose got aces down on the inside. Tactical horses drawn inside on firm turf courses are my favorite thing in the world. And because they can get in and out of trouble, they can hold their position, they can save ground. They can kind of dictate their own. They usually work out nice trips, especially when you have riders like Joel Rosario. Um, I wanted to have the five Alpha Bella for, for, for Todd as well. Tried the turf last time for the first time, got the win, and ran well enough. And, and that was a little bit of a sneakier race. The pace wasn't particularly fast, so it looks like the horse got a soft trip. Did have to pass horses, did have a nice quick in Cairo consort, just in case we do see that jump that we all expected last time from a figure standpoint, which would make that one tough. And then the eight heavenly Sunday uh, for Brad Cox drawn towards the outside tactical speed. Brad doesn't take that away from these horses should be able to work out a nice trip in the two or the three path. If good enough can absolutely win. Uh, I need all four of them in here. We are different in this race that we have the same top pick sweet lose got aces to me. I really like stakes winner, solid Eastern turf form, Fast figures looked like one who I thought, you know, should be able to lead under Rosario, who's obviously so good with these type of rides as he demonstrated the last day. But I have a goofball in this race, JK, that might just be crazy, but I'm going to play around with. And that's the number six, Bulsar. I could tell you a little story here. Nice win on the synthetic last time, but the turf stake two back, I thought it was worth, you know, taking another look at that. The horse had serious trouble in there coming from way out of it, having to steady late. Has a lot to find with the best of these, but I just don't think this horse is impossible for an underrated trainer in Trombetta. And I think you're going to see all of this 15 to one. You know, this is not one I'm going to be pressing up, but if my opinions are right elsewhere, I want Bolsara on side in this spot. I have nothing against the other runners you mentioned. And if uh, certain combinations, ticket structure allows, I'd have them in there. But uh, yeah, I thought Bolsara was interesting along with Sweet Lou's Got Aces. Can you see Bolsara if you sprint or you think I'm tripping? Yeah, no, no, no. And there's no problem with that November 27th race, closing into a slow pace, one of my favorite angles. And, I, you know, it's a little curious. I mean, I've never really, I mean, I've owned a half a percent of a grade one winner, but I'm no <laughs> horse owner. Um, but, like, I don't know. You run at Aqueduct, you, you run so well on the stake, and then you show up at Turfway in an allowance. Or I I don't know if it's like, if that was there was a layover there on the flight from Aqueduct back down <laughs> south. So you stopped in Cincinnati, and you're like, what the hell? It's Let's uh let's jump in here and, and see if we can't pick up a check. It's just a little bit confusing, but yeah, no, I, I can can absolutely win. I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right, let's move on to the next race in the sequence. I'll pick things up with uh, it's actually just the right next race at uh, at Gulfstream Park. Race number twelve, the Grade Three Holy Bull for these three year old Colts going a mile and a sixteenth and. 
folks that have been listening to these shows know I'm a card-carrying member of the Cyclone Mischief fan club. The forerunner in here, Dale Romans, spoke about him in glowing terms on the show. That last effort was just huge. And this is the horse we were theorizing with uh, Nick Tamaro, likely disadvantaged in the Kentucky Jockey Club by not going fast enough. Uh, something J.K. hammers on about plenty as well. Fixed that tactical error last time, using his speed as a weapon and crushing what looked like a really strong field on paper. I just think the sky is the limit for Cyclone Mischief, and I'm not going to overcomplicate things. I want him in a big way. The danger, I think, is number eight, Rocket Can. This horse makes sense as an alternative. Bill Mott, certainly, we, we all know how well he's been doing lately, and he's just tapped into a particularly rich vein of form, as the Brits say. Uh, Rocket Can showed the maiden win was not just a slop-aided fluke by doing everything but win in a fast allowance race where there was a loose winner who came back to run third in a grade three. 70 days since that, rising three-year-old, doesn't it just feel like more improvement could be likely? I'm going to try to get out 4-8, and I'm going to press the four in the Holy Bowl. Where are you, my man? Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to Dale Dale Romans, you know, I, I know Dale as of late, you know, well, in 2023, he's, he's had a 26% winning percentage in 2023. But, you know, he, Dale was a little quiet last year, just from what Dale usually is. He wasn't quiet on car talk. He was actually very loud. <laughs> but, pretty good on there. But, you know, you know, there's no Shacklefords. There's no promises fulfilled. There's there's none of these uh, horses that, that, that it felt like every year uh, Dale kept showing up with. And... It, it, it feels like he's kind of found one now, a cyclone mischief. And one of the things I've always felt about Dale is when he has a good one, he gets one good, they stay good. Now, sometimes those might be fleeting. You know, it's hard to compete against uh, the super stables of, of Todd and Bob and, and Chad. But but I think Dale, when he gets a good one, he keeps him good. And, you know, I, I'm not much of a trainer stat person anymore, but if I'm going to say he gets a good one, he keeps one good, I kind of feel like I need to prove it a little bit. He, on the dirt. Winners last out, three-year-olds, 22% win percentage. So next time out. They, so, and the thing about that, that's a high percentage because that, that means that they're facing better next time, right? Because right. if, they, if they win a maiden race, they, they faced a bunch of horses that have never won. Now they're an allowance race or a stake. Or if they win you know, a first-level allowance, their next race is a stake. Like Usually that next step, that next race is a step up too. He keeps them good. And this horse ran extremely well last time. And I feel like he's going to run extremely well again. I'm ice cold to Cyclone Mischief. Oh, there's the single. I was wondering if we were going to be, uh, if we were going to be the same or be oppo in this one. I like it. All right. We've got one more race to talk about. We zip way along in the car. This is an interesting race. I, I like this thunder road that closes the Santa Anita car. It'll definitely have some, uh, some time between because it wraps at 7:53 Eastern uh, with this one mile run on the turf. I got a couple. I really like in here, JK, but we'll start with you. And the key question when it comes to this coast to coast pick five for Saturday, February 4th, how are we getting paid? Yeah, I'm going to use two a horses and one and, and one B. Um, and, and, and if, if for a budget standpoint, if the ticket is starting to get a little bit expensive, I know we were a little spready earlier. Uh, the one that I would single in here would be the eight air force red, um, just fast. And he's going to make his own trip. He did it last time going six and a half. Uh, but that's not a problem for me. I, I treat six and a half and a mile the same. And even dependent if you're stretching out or you're cutting back, I, I treat those very similarly. But also Air Force Red has run well at a mile. He ran well in the lure as well. 
this horse is going to go, be forward, be aggressive, and, and I like that. Um, the other one I'll use is the one Earl's Rock down on the inside. You get Flavian Pratt drawn on the rail. Um, Flavian's one of the people that kind of made me realize that in California, it is such an advantage to draw inside on the turf course because of the way that he he rode it. He, he would stay down there. He'd save ground. He'd get himself out of spots, and then he'd find that run late, and he'd have a ton of kick left because – he had, you know, saved all that ground. So I'll use Earl's Rock as an A as well on the inside. And then the one horse that I wanted to use as a B is the uh, the old East Coast coming West idea, which is so hard to get away from, and the three Anaconda. Drawn inside, should be able to save some ground. Stretching out, last last time went six furlongs at, 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 at Aqueduct, but, you know, six furlongs at Aqueduct, Aqueduct in the winter when there's probably a little bit of give in the ground feels like a horse that shouldn't have a problem going longer. He has one going longer and should be able to save ground since drew the, the three should be able to save some ground and have some kick. Uh, but I'll just use that one as a B. All right. We well, are definitely a little bit, a uh, little bit oppo in this spot as well. I certainly respect air force red and would love him on tickets. I, I listed him as a B um, should, you know, this horse has a pace advantage. I just don't know if he's going to offer anything in the way of value. I had two half clever ideas starting with the nine hit the road. I guess this isn't that clever. It'll be one of the favorites, but I just feel like this form is very dirtied up. No shot trip last time against the flow in the downhill comebacker. And that run to me just screamed prep all the way. And this horse has several races. If he gets back anything close to them, could easily win, should win almost to me. And I'm just, this is a horse that I'd love to hear any workout buzz or see some market signal on for in, in the race betting because it's possible he's just not good anymore. I'm guessing that's your your read, JK, for the fact that you didn't include him. But I'm I'm very much willing to give him a chance. I think he has reasons to bounce back at a price. And then there's the 10 runner, Dark Shift. This horse won the Royal Hunt Cup at Ascot, tipped up by none less than uh, Rob Dove, one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK today, and looked great going left-handed around Nottingham. So this horse, on the to me, had all kinds of trouble also uh, in the stateside debut against the flow once again, and I just thought would get a better setup and should be a big price. I had the 9 and 10 on the top line. I certainly respect all three of your runners, you know, mostly trying to just trim down. I needed to have some eight backups, if I'm right, with that half clever horse I mentioned earlier that Busara, but so I've just got it nine, 10 on the top line with the eight on the B line. Do you, can you, uh, were you just thinking that, uh, hit the road? Isn't what he once was. Yeah. I mean, if you look at hit the road, basically his entire career, he's run at a mile and he's had some really big performances. He's a grade one winner at a mile. And he shows up in the Joe Hernandez off of like an almost a year layoff where the last race he ran in was like a $2 million purse race. He shows up in a, in a six and a half down the hill and just doesn't really do any running. And some people will say, oh, is a prep going shorter? No, nah, that, that, he, he's a grade one winning horse going six and a half. He's supposed to run better than that. He's supposed I mean, to run a little bit better than that. And, 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 and so that was, you know, another taking the blinkers off. They put the blinkers on last time. It's like, what, what are we doing here? I just... <laughs> I'm, and of all, in, in disclaimer, I've never really been a huge fan of the horse. I love Dan Blacker, um, but I'm not a huge fan of the horse. I've just never really gotten all that warm and fuzzy about him as an individual. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I was willing to give the 336 day layoff, you know, the reason for the non-effort, but we'll we'll see if he can do anything a little bit better to close out this coast to coast on Saturday. We'll put some tickets together 
and throw them up on Twitter. You can follow me there at Looms Boldly. You can follow JK at UT Big Hair. And you can catch us both again for the Sunday Coast to Coast show for the races of February 5th. And on that one, we're going to talk a little bit about the return of JK Plus One. But we've gone long enough here that I think we'll wrap this one. We'll come back with that show and uh, get a chance to chat there. JK, any closing thoughts from you on the Saturday card? Uh, no, stay warm out there, wherever you are. Unless you're in California, it's probably not that cold. <laughs> yeah, you're okay if you're out there in California or down in Florida, for that matter. But if you're betting simulcast, odds are you're dealing with some nonsense. For JK, I'm PTF. May you win all your photos.